You're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a powerful conversation on what it takes to become enough and stay enough as we strive toward our potential. I'm your host, Enoughness Coach and Women's Leadership Mentor, Megan Hale. Join me every Monday and Thursday as I talk to some of the top voices on what it takes to live true, live brave, and become our biggest champion along the way. It's time to revolutionize the way you live, love, work, and dream. This is the Enoughness Revolution. Happy Thursday, lady loves. We are moving quickly through the last bit of April, which for me is a really, really exciting time because May 1st, the Fierce Women Masterclass is debuting in the world. And I am actually going to be speaking with one of our co-creators today. So if you're just now joining the Enoughness Revolution, you're like, what is the masterclass? What's going on? The masterclass is a self-paced study course for female entrepreneurs who are ready to develop their own leadership style and start building their own legacy that creates soulful success. And the women I have partnered with to deliver this course are nothing short of phenomenal. You're going to be getting access to the wisdom of Sarah Kaler, Maria Hitton, Hilary Schneider, Shirley Joy Weiss, Carrie Ann Livingstone, Sherry Teagman, and the woman I'm speaking with today, Joe Gifford, who, if you do not know, is <laughs> amazing. I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation today. Just as a, fr- as a friendly reminder, this is your last chance to get the Fierce Women Leadership mini course for free. It's going up to $3.97 on May 1st. I really wanted to create something for all of the people that have been supporting the Enoughness Revolution to walk you through the six core components of fierce women leadership that are a result of us doing the Enoughness work. So if you are ready to build some foundational tools to prepare for the masterclass, go on over to megan-hale.com forward slash mini dash course to get your hands on it before it goes up to its full price, $3.97 May 1st, okay? So May 1st, there's a lot of things happening. <laughs> the leadership course or the the leadership mini course goes up in price and the masterclass officially launches. And I cannot wait to share that with you guys. If you want more information on the masterclass, go and check out fearsoonandmasterclass.com. Let's get into our lovely guest today though, because this is a woman that I deeply admire and I love. (laughs) Uh, She is just a, a drop of sunshine in my life. And she's bringing a wealth of knowledge, not just this conversation, but really to the world. You know, she helps people work smarter and in more creative ways. And she helps you get your message out to the world via killer content like blogs, copy, images, and social media. <laughs> you know, Joe is, is a master at helping other people master creativity and technology, and is a self-proclaimed social media prowess and workflow marketing master. She's a designer, a writer, a blogger, a mentor, an author, a creativity addict, and prolific geek. (laughs) You could call it a portfolio career of multi-potential, multi-passions. But for me, you know, Jo is just so authentically herself, and that's one of the things that I admire most about her. So I'm so excited for you to listen to her own journey to enoughness today and to get inspired 
to step into your own leadership and share your message with the world. So without further ado, here is Joe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a Journey to Enoughness interview series. I am so excited to have my guest back with me today, Joe Gifford. Joe, thank you so much for being here again. Thank you, Megan. Yes, we had some tech fails, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. The universe wanted us to come together again and speak about this topic, which I'm so delighted. So before we get into the real meat of the conversation, will you share with our listeners who you are, what you do, and why you wanted to be a part of the series? Of course. Um, so my name is Joe Gifford. Um, I'm an online entrepreneur and I mentor solopreneurs to work in smarter, more creative ways to get their message out to the world. Mm-hmm. And I am delighted to be part of this series because the journey of an entrepreneur is very much a self-discovery one. And not only that, but the journey of a working mom and we'll come into all this stuff soon, but You know, I really feel that women coming into their enoughness and learning to earn and to be and to step into their zones of genius and their areas of greatness, I think it's a big message that we all need to hear. So I am thrilled to be part of this. I'm so thrilled that you're lending your voice. You know, the reason that I reached out to you or one of the main reasons is because you wrote this just amazing blog post. And there was these 50 things that you had started doing in your life that had just made such a big difference. And there's so many good things on that list, but one of them really caught my attention and it was deciding that I was enough. Right. It was, isn't it? And that started the whole conversation. Yeah. Um, And that blog post is a funny one because it literally, it fell out of my sort of morning pages in my miracle morning one, you know, one day and a lot of people really reacted to it. And, um, yeah, I decided really recently, <laughs> and I'm 39, so it takes taken me a while. I decided really recently that I am enough and that my work is enough, that what I offer to the world right here and right now is enough. And that, you know, I think as an overachiever, as most people probably tuning into this series will understand, as an overachiever, as an ambitious person, there's a fine line between yeah, I want to learn more. I want to, you know, take it all in. I want to, you know, have broader vision for my life. I want to do all this stuff. And there's, there's a really kind of balance that I think is so important to find between reaching out and grabbing it all and saying yes, but also just taking a snapshot of where you are right now and knowing that what you have in this moment is enough. Mm. It's where you are supposed to be. It's where you can learn from. It's where you can take actions from. But actually, to be in the moment and to love yourself, which is another massive one that's really hard, is <laughs> <laughs> just such a beautiful place to be. And I can really say that um, it's probably from having an online business where you are very visible and vulnerable and all of that stuff that, that, you know, we put in work behind the scenes to kind of have the confidence to speak out, to believe that we can achieve, to, you know, to do all this stuff. And through all that self-work, you know, the, the base level of it is your message, yeah. Megan, is 
that you're enough. Yeah. And those simple, simple words, um, like that's, that's life changing. Cause if you are enough, then you can share your message. If you are enough, then you can shout out what you really want to say. If you are enough, just as you are, then, you know, you are acceptable exactly as you are in whatever state you bring to the world and to your work. And, um, yeah, it's taken me a long time to get there. Um, and I know in our, in our first ill-fated sort of tech interview, <laughs> I delve into it and I'm going to open that little box again because um, as all my, you know, as my audience know, my journey um, to entrepreneurialism was really um, a forced one. It, it, it's, it's always been something that I've wanted to do. I've always known in my heart that I wanted to serve the world in my own personal way. Um, like, you know, right from a child, I was a childhood entrepreneur, like, you know, hustling a school magazine in the playground and, you know, making my jewelry <laughs> and selling it. And, you know, um, so I, I was always kind of fearless of, of putting myself out there and playing with stuff. Um, and then I went into a normal job. Yeah. Which I loved. I mean, I loved it. I just didn't know at the time that there was any other options. Um, and this kind of makes me really sad to say but at the age of 18 you know when you're making the choice of what you're going to do and you know in my case I knew it was something really creative I didn't know what it was and you have like a term on your foundation course to you know choose between you know textiles or you know visual design or whatever I chose graphic design because I knew that when I had children I could work from home and be flexible yeah like I'm making that choice at the age of 18 that's a gender stereotypical choice that's going to like dictate the next 15 years of my life as it was I did love graphic design I I well actually I loved the visual arts and I loved working with my I loved the creative thinking angle of it and all of that stuff is what I've taken with me to my online business um but in that kind of life of having a real job and stuff I was experiencing some real chronic health issues which sort of bubbled away through my 20s um and really came to a, a really dramatic head um just by day, which is like a classic time to have <laughs> almost a quarter life crisis it's kind of midway between quarter life and midlife crisis so I have one of those and uh, you know my body literally stopped working you know my you know Obviously, now with wisdom and hindsight, in almost 10 years hindsight, I can see it's chronic fatigue. It was a massive block in my life. You know, the illnesses yeah. that have been bubbling away, predominantly endometriosis, which is a you know, really big one for women. So one in 10 women have, you know, what I had. How many cripples up in pain, like, daily often? You know, mm. there was several days in the month where I would be out of action completely. This overwhelming exhaustion was starting to hit. Um, and of course, because I was young, I was overriding it all with booze and, you know, and I could override it for a certain amount of time until my body just said, no, this is not it. This is not what you do. This is not your story. This is not who you are. You, you know, and the bubble was all there. My perfect, beautiful bubble of the cool life and the cool girl in town, having the, you know, having a great job, having a great boyfriend, having the money. But actually, my soul inside knew that I needed something else. I needed to do my own thing in some way I was with you know I was with the wrong guy mm -hmm. I wanted to have children and you know in the not too distant future I wanted all this stuff and so you know and the universe gave it to me so I had this 
blank slate. So I'd kind of hit a massive health crash from which I had to quit my job and the partner left me anyway. Um, and so because the job went and so did the nice fancy flat and so did the money and so did all that stuff. So I had a blank page, which actually was really refreshing. <laughs> it's like, right, 30 now. Let's, let's kind of you know, rip up the rule book and see what we're going to do. And I started slowly building back my life into pieces and um, moved back up home towards Cambridgeshire area in the UK. And um, I had a portfolio income stream. I was doing some free arts design. I was doing copywriting, blogging in the early days. I was teaching. So I had a great sort of combination of stuff. I enjoyed it all. It didn't kind of gel for me yet but I knew I've started this journey of like okay let's get income coming in let's work on myself let's do all this stuff met the guy that I was gonna have my family with and that kind of took up a few years <laughs> you know having twins and stuff it takes up a little bit of time so I had my beautiful children six years ago my lovely twin girls Eva and Mia um and then had time to come back to my own business and my own sort of goals and go, right, I'd been growing my stuff into a design business. It kind of didn't really fit what I felt I needed to be doing. I loved this online world and the opportunity and the voice it gave me. Didn't really know how this fit. And at the same time, my, you know, my health problems had come back after having the children. So my chronic fatigue and my endometriosis were crippling. I was in a really stuck States. So I had my beautiful children, but I was really unwell. I wasn't able to be the person I was capable of being. I wasn't able to actually go out very much. I was housebound for a long time, um, in incredible amounts of pain, really isolated, had to stop work because I wasn't able mm. to do all the client meetings that was required of me in the previous model of business, all the stuff. It was just, just it was really cripplingly hard. So then again, it was blank slate again. It's all right, okay. So I've got my beautiful children. You know, how do I build up from here? And alongside all this stuff, I'd kind of started blogging about my own journey and about how this was feeling and about how it is to be a mum, you know, working in the creative industries. And this little blog called Dexterous Diva started to have a little following. And um, I noticed that people really resonated with, you know, my tone of voice and me. And, you know, over a while, they, you know, they started following me. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting because, you know, I was growing this blog really but I could see from business side of things I was like there's all these lovely online entrepreneurs who are working the exact way that I know is possible like I know that I can Skype people globally and have meetings with them I don't have to do the old school method of getting on a train and traveling everywhere right and I knew that this online lifestyle suited me so so well for many reasons I'm a parent I've got chronic health issues I have a message to get out so let's let's do it online so really invested more into this realized that all the skills that I had from design management from you know creative thinking from content creation all this stuff I could apply to teaching solopreneurs how to create content how to blog for business how to do all this stuff and started snowballing with that um and slowly 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 it was like oh people seem to really like what I'm saying they seem to really enjoy my stuff and there's certain moments where you know people that you don't know have started sharing your posts and then the audience grows a bit more and then a bit more again and then I'm putting products out and hey what do you know people are buying them <laughs> it's like, well, okay and I'm keeping on investing in myself in the business and it's snowboarding snowballing and all the time while the business is building and I'm stepping more into me and my capabilities, 
would you know it all the health stuff starts to kind of you know sort itself out and because I'm working on myself all the time and I'm more aware of what a health signal means it means yeah. there's something wrong in my energy field there's something wrong in what I'm doing I need to listen to my body so now if I'm hit with a massive illness part for a while that I lean into it I listen into it it's like okay what does this mean what am I off track with how can I put this back together what can I learn from and each section takes a short amount of time to put back together um and in fact I had a massive one just last week in fact after we you know spoken the first time around and it's because things have been going so so well I've been really building doing those amazing stuff thing I'm in such a good place <laughs> Massive upper limit problem occurs. It rocks up for me in the term, um, you know, in the guise of a sinus infection, which then kicked off all of my other illnesses that have been laying dormant for ages that then had to have antibiotics that kicked me off. But because I had the wisdom to know this, I was like, cool, we're in an upper limit problem now, guys. I'm in a really <laughs> negative frame of mind. I'm going to tap this out. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go with the flow of ease here. So where there's, you know, where I'm seeing a sort of negativity and conflicts, step away from it. Where I'm, you know, I need to nurture myself and to lean into this. I recognize it for what it is. And just that little section of learning is like, that's massive. You know, even a year ago, I wouldn't have known what, a, you know, what that was, what an upper limit problem was. I wouldn't have known how to sort it out so quickly, how to relay all that to my team. You know, my team instantly were like, Joe's down, upper limit problem. Let's reschedule the call. <laughs> Let's just let her ride it out and go back to bed for a few days and to come back even bigger and brighter, which is exactly what happens. I came back and I was like, I'm ready to say yes to the universe and to step into my next role. And they're like, oh God, right? You know, one of the things that I really want to talk about, because your story has changed immensely over the years and the story that was ruling your life that really led to the first bout of chronic fatigue that led to that health crisis I want to know more about the story that was guiding you then versus the story that is guiding you now the fact that anything is guiding me now is a difference I had completely shut off my intuition my self-care I was living a very masculine energy led life so yes I was doing all that I wanted to do you know I was doing my part-time masters that I was overachieving at work I had a great social circle I never sat down because if I sat down I'd fall asleep mm. you know I was really active I'd cycled to work and back I was in a really damaging relationship um and my internal guidance system I wasn't listening to it anymore and all those things of like, is this the right guy? Because I'm sure he's supposed to be treated a little bit nicer than this. Or, you know, does this really... F I didn't have feeling anymore. And so, and what I find really interesting about endometriosis and people at different stages of suffering might not like what I'm going to say. But for me, the pain and the fact that in your sacral chakra which is related to money and success and family and finances mm. all that stuff is literally stuck together it's literally stuck and I always found that visual of what that is to be such a telltale sign of, of you know 
in Chinese medicine when they treated me for it. It was like, you know, you know, we can't tell what it is, but we know there's energy stuck there. Before I was diagnosed, all they would say was there's a stuck energy. And that is just so how it is. There's an energy that wasn't flowing through me. I wasn't intuitive. I wasn't unblocking you know, my feminine potential, my earning potential, my creative potential, mm-hmm. it was stagnant, literally stagnant. And I understand because I was in a stage with this where, you know, if, if someone told me it was something that's an energy related problem, I would just go crazy. So I apologize if I've offended to anybody listening who is, is struggling and I totally honor that. Um, and the same with chronic fatigue for me, that's a spiritual fatigue. That's a fatigue of kind of, you know, my soul is tired. Like, yeah. wh- how can I get out of this? Like, uh, you know, at my worst, this is only a couple of years ago, I had to rest for an hour for every, no, I had to rest for about two hours for every 20 minutes of activity. Wow. So talking, washing up, put the wash on, I'd have to go back and lie down again and just like everything hurt so much, think up and do it again. And I still have to pace. I'm still like, I'm not, through the woods I have to pace how many calls I do in a day I have to pace my energy with the children Mm -hmm. because as much as I know it's an energy problem I know that my physical response to it has to have time to change um so the story to go back to your question the story that was guiding my 20s and my teens was that I had overridden my intuitive guidance system the Joe who I knew as a child the Joe who I was still in touch with in my teenage years Joe who knew as a teenager that anything was possible, that I could travel the world if I wanted, that I could, you know, anything was available to me. Suddenly I told myself a different story in my twenties about, um, settling for guys who were really not my type, who were nearly not honoring my life or honoring themselves about doing work, which was great, but really wasn't resonating with my soul about stopping myself from doing stuff, which makes me feel free. You know, I stopped painting, yeah. I stopped playing my violin, I stopped, you know, and surrounding yourself with people who nurture you and inspire you. I wasn't doing any of that. And Do you so, think that it was a lot of like supposed to's? Yeah, I think I was definitely following a kind of this is what you do when you get a job story a kind of you have a job and I should be happy with this because everyone else seems to be fine about this and um and I was definitely uh a settling for things because I felt like well my boyfriend's really talking to me in a way that he doesn't seem to like me but (laughs) but I'm sure everyone else seems to have relationships like this so maybe that's is that how it is you know I didn't know I didn't I was trying I was looking for role models wasn't quite sure how to form this you know sort of of grown-up version of me in a way like um and I think I was hanging on to other people's stories as guidance is the way I would describe it I think I was like you know my partners would become guidance for me my peers would become guidance I'd be following their stories their goals and I I think I hadn't discovered at the time that you know, you can navigate back to that, you know, to that place of play, to that place of intuition that is inherent in all of us as children, in all of us when we're born. And, you know, as adults, once you tune back into it, you're okay. But um, I just completely blacked it all out, numbed it with alcohol, food, you know, sure. illnesses that had showed up, you know. And 
I see it now playing out with people the decade younger than me who are going through the same stuff. I've got friends younger than me and I can kind of see they're on the burnout track. They're doing this, this and this. I'm like, oh, you're going to have your little moments. <laughs> and when we get there, we can have that conversation. But I wouldn't have listened until the burnout came. And the burnout came when you're forced to stop, forced to, you know, suddenly that whole life you've put up in this story is not there anymore. And I yeah. know lots of entrepreneurs have a similar thing, don't they? Yeah. And I think that everyone's turning point is different, but you know, the thing that I hear so strongly in your story is a couple of things. One, when we tune out our own voice, we're more susceptible to relying on other people's voices Mm -hmm. because those are the things that are strongest in our minds because we're very disconnected inside. Second thing I hear in your story is I should be happy with this, but I'm not. And it's Mm -hmm. that makes something wrong with me. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was, and I, I blamed myself. Mm. I was very much about the, this doesn't feel good enough, so it must be me that's not yeah. good enough. And actually, what happened before the big, what manifested itself as a health crisis, was that the confident young girl that left school, that went out to get the world, had no cares in the world, never experienced free anxiety, nothing, was starting to get panic attacks, was starting to, mm. you know, have have trouble. And, you know, I was in a highly traumatized state in that the only holidays I had was for operations, for my endometriosis office, stuff like that. So my body was highly stressed. I was in a highly stressed city, in a city at the time, you know, that was being bombed, you know, sort of 2005, we had London bombings and stuff. So I was highly kind of very, you know, what they now say, you know, sort of post-traumatic stress symptoms, like I've become scared to travel anywhere, you know, in lots of pain, very on edge. And the people around me, you know, my partner was like, you're going crazy. I don't know what this is about. Rather than going, look, darling, it's fine. I understand you, but you know, or having any wisdom. And I took that as, as further proof mm. that actually I was going crazy and that you know something was really wrong with me that I'm not enough. Um, and you know, I replicated that <laughs> I replicated that little part in the story a few times <laughs> before, <laughs> before I realized, oh hang on a minute. <laughs> if I'm happy with myself and and what you know and who I am in the world, then I'm gonna meet someone who will show up who who not only honors that but honors themselves and that happened and we had two beautiful children um but still after that I think because the identity of being a mum then rocked me again it's like okay so you know I was like Bambi on my legs really I'd kind of really discovered that I could be self-employed that I could be enough oh gosh now I'm in charge of two little people and that kind of triggered a whole oh you know sort of series of personal depression of well, who does this mean I am now? Because my identity has now gone and I had to, I really struggled with piecing back together being a mum, being a mum who runs a business, yeah. being a mum who's ill, being a mum who wants a lot from life. Like, yeah. what do any of these pieces mean? So it's taken, a, like, the last few years to kind of get to grips with that. And um, through a lot of support of amazing people, amazing mentors, coaches, counsellors, a lot of books, <laughs> a lot of great people around me, um, and like, I really think that saying is true. Like, you know, like it takes a village to raise a person. It does. Like, and the village around me right now is huge. It's like a huge city of amazing women who 
know not only what I'm capable of, but what they're capable of and we lift each other up. Like this series that you're doing right now, Megan, is proof of that. Yeah. You know, you're you're taking women's stories and you're showing other women how to be enough. And because, you know, by rights, Megan, I shouldn't have a job. I can't, you know, on paper, I've got illnesses that mean I, you know, occasionally have to stop and rest for a little bit, which no employer really accommodates. Yeah. I've got young children who might be ill off school from any, any given time, like, you know, who might not have, you know, slept through the night, whatever. None of that matters. I can work from home in my pajamas. I can, you know, shut my Mac down for a while, get my team to redirect my calls, sort it all out and work different times. Like it does, like none of that now matters. Yeah. Um, and I, if I could share anything to other women, it's that you don't have to follow the rules for your happiness, like your rules for finances, for finding a guy to make you happy. So find a guy to make you financially supported. Like, um, you know, it's all within you. And the wonderful thing about our industry and our online space is that we're just being ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't feel like I'm going to work anymore. I literally feel like I get to sit with amazing women like you, Megan. And, mm. you know, I've had probably four calls today. You know, some have been clients and, and you know, some have been interviews. I'm sitting hanging out with amazing, amazing women who every, after each interaction, I feel such honor for being part of that interaction. Yeah. And I go about my day and I kind of update. It's just like, I have, what? And that's a job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that I see like that has really, oh, just created this space for authenticity for you and to really go at your own pace is releasing this need that like you have to do it all and be it all as a woman in order to be successful or happy. Oh, <laughs> oh. I d determined to not cry or to Megan, but yeah. Oh my goodness. That story. I told myself that story. Um, and particularly after having the children, I told myself that story so much. And I, I grabbed onto role models. You know, my mother-in-law, she seems to be able to keep a house much better than I can keep a house. Like, why, why is my house messy and hers is perfect? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, these people over here, how are they doing it? Like, um, and especially in the early days, I mean, I had twins. And now if I was speaking to my younger self, I'd be like, darling, you've got twin babies. Like, just <laughs> the fact that you're awake and functioning is amazing but I didn't have compassion for myself I didn't I didn't know how to say you know you're doing fine as a mum just as you are like the fact that your children are healthy and you know everyone's managing to get dressed and have food <laughs> like that's the basics of it it's all happening and the, yeah, I was very much about the, um, I knew that I wanted to earn. I knew that I wanted to have business, had guilt about that because that means that I'm not a perfect mum. What's a perfect mum? What should I do? What, what's that about? You know, looked around my friends for role models. Now they all seem to be struggling as well. Not quite sure how this works. Like, you know, if I have childcare, I feel awful. If I don't have childcare, I feel like I'm letting myself, like it was all awful. Um, and I think that the having it all thing I was going to say it's a myth, but the thing is, I do feel like I have it all now. I do. Yeah. Um, I've kind of gone through the same process. It's like I used to think that it was almost a negative thing to promote having it all. 
because it's yeah. like this pressure on ourselves. But when you start to define it on your own terms and you, right. you pull away from like what mainstream is telling you having it all means, you realize that it really is attainable and your having it all might look like working 20 hours a week so you can really spend time with your kids or earning less money than somebody else because that's all you need. It's not always about going bigger. Bigger is not always better for every, every person. Absolutely. And pressing play to play big on your life might not mean that you want a sort of six figures or multi six figures that you want to be working all the time that you want the bigger house. It might be just creating the freedom. You know, like today, I was so honored today. This is how my day was today. I got up and hung with my kids and my partner was home. Um, he did the school run this morning. I was able to sort of jump on two amazing calls with beautiful women whose souls made me cry. They're just doing amazing work. I then was able to walk around to school and have lunch with my little ones that I'd booked in for today. Like I went, you know, I had school dinner and I came back. I spoke to my team. I had like another podcast interview earlier on and now I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> and, you know, in a minute, you know, once we finish speaking, I'm going to go and hang with my kids and do homework and cook dinner and pour some wine and talk to my partner. None of that has involved what in my earlier stories I would have imagined was having it all. So yeah. up at five to do like a five mile run to, you know, commute to a really important job. <laughs> no, it's, it's in my little world. <laughs> it works and none of my friends know how on earth I'm earning any money from doing this stuff and but the thing is it once you find your place of enoughness that's when actually the financial success will come because you're happy and I want to talk about that specifically because you mentioned this word compassion and a lot of my clients struggle with that they they're like I don't know how to treat myself compassionately. I don't know how to let go of these expectations I'm holding for myself. I don't know how to start living life on my terms. I don't even know what that really means because these stories are just so ingrained and I feel like I must live up to them or I'm going to be a failure. And I really want to highlight your your journey of compassion. And again, that's been a recent one. That's been a recent one. And that story stuck with me. It was like, it was a big story that I carried around for quite a long time. And sometimes we feel important carrying that story it was, around. It was my story. Like no one's taking away my story of pain and suffering. And, and actually, interestingly, although I talk about my illnesses now, I do need to point out that I don't resonate with being ill. Yeah. I don't see that as a persona or a story anymore. I see it as a way to explain the fact that sometimes I'm not exactly on my top game for now, but I don't see it as a problem, as a, as a thing, as a sufferance, anything. I just see it as an energy ebb and flow. But that story of compassion, so, and people would always say this to me and I never understood why. It was kind of like, Joe, we just slow down and be kind to yourself. We just slow down and be kind to yourself. I don't know what being kind to myself yeah. was. It might have been having a big dinner and a cake or something I, don't, I didn't know like I was like what is it have chocolate is that kind <laughs> I don't know I don't really know what okay fine I'll be kind to myself I'll buy some new shoes that'll probably do it um and I just I literally didn't know what form it took obviously now I know it depends on whatever you need in that particular moment in time um actually I, I say obviously it's not obvious is it this is um part of the work of of getting to know yourself I think of you know, the Joe Gifford that I know and love, you know, on 
one particular day, maybe being kind to myself means that I just need to take half an hour of space, have a walk you know, by myself and get some time to meditate. That might be all I need that day to be kind to myself. Mm-hmm. I don't give it on a different day. She might need to do some painting. I might need to go out with friends. I might need to really make sure that my sort of nails are looking good and my hair sorted. And, um, you know, being kind to yourself has different forms and different times, different, like even different parts of the day. Um, and, but the biggest thing for me of being kind to myself is changing that inner voice. Yeah. And the inner voice that talks to me now is, it's a really good one now. It's all like, yeah, we can do this. What should we do today, Joe? Let's go and do this. Um, it's not the constant track of you definitely can't do that. Oh my gosh. No, you can't do that. What, who do you think you are? No way. No way. Those voices still occur. They still rock up. They still try. And I thank them for trying to protect me, for trying to show me that, you know, it's a scary world out there, but actually I'm going to try it anyway. That's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, not every day is all jazz hands. You know, that's not how life is. Exactly. <laughs> um, there are days when, you know, things might have gone wrong, just not feeling in, a, in the right zone, whatever it is. And that's okay as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like having compassion for yourself in those times for me might look like let's stay away from social media. If people are triggering me today, I know it's my perception on things. I need to stay away. It might be maybe I need to look at my nutrition this week. Have I been looking up to myself in terms of what I'm putting into this body to keep it fuel? Have I been sabotaging in a different way? Have I been not showing up for the rituals that keep my world and my life in a really happy space have I been sabotaging by the way that I'm talking to myself or the way that I'm so there's all sorts of hooks of self-care and self-compassion that I now have I feel like I've got like a little toolkit yeah right Joe you're feeling a bit off kilter let's lean into it see what that emotion's saying it might just be saying sadness and that might just be sadness today and that's fine yeah if it's saying something else We'll look at a bit, you know, we'll lead into it, um, you know, a little bit. We'll have some kindness about it and we'll move on. And to be able to have that conversation with yourself and to not numb it or build a whole new story on it or a whole new identity is really refreshing. <laughs> it is. But I, yeah. I mean, I would even say that it goes beyond refreshing to self-empowered. Yeah. And, you know, the more... The more that, I mean, it snowballs, doesn't it, enoughness? The more enough you are in yourself, I feel like um, I can affect the world around me, in my world, in my friends, in my close connections, in my family, the people that I interact with in our space online. I can affect people in that way by showing up as me, as empowered. Yeah. If I show up in any other version of me, I'm doing myself a disservice. I'm doing myself... Um, and the world around me a disservice by not being who I potentially, you know, I don't feel like I've reached the zenith of who I, can, who I am or who or what I can achieve. I just feel like I'm going about my day being myself and being enough. And that empowers me. I've Doesn't got- it like, and this is a, a, a new concept that I've been exploring with people, but it's almost like, you know, the enoughness takes care of everything else. Like it tells you where to expand 
It tells you how to expand. And it's not like this forced pressure that I feel like I lived so much of my life on. It was like the hurry up, do more, get more, and get there faster. The enoughness is really like you're right where you need to be. And instead of thinking of all the things that you lack and you have yet to do, enoughness is like it focuses you on exactly what you need to be doing right now. Oh, gosh. You feel like sparkly, like shiny object syndromes everywhere. You're like, I'm okay with me and I, I don't need all of these sparkly things to complete me anymore. And so oh, you naturally nice. expand in your own path. And those shiny objects like I've got up here on my shelf, I've got bullet journals for the lot, you know, that I keep for the last, you know, most recent month. I've always kept a book like that. And if you go through the books in my twenties and thirties, the goals were like, you know, do this and travel here, learn this, do that. And I felt, I always felt as if this is not enough time. Oh my gosh, there's not enough time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ending my twenties soon and I haven't traveled around the world yet. I haven't done scuba diving. I haven't learned to like do insert here amazing thing that I should be <laughs> doing. And the stress of that was like crippling because if I'm not living every moment in what I felt I should be doing, oh my gosh, it, it was crazy. And now that I've learned and am learning that the enoughness does take care of itself, as you say, like I am naturally traveling more. I'm naturally doing stuff. And I should add that although I'm in a really good place, I'm happy with where I am in terms of where I've got to go. I mean, that, that whole post-traumatic stress thing. Mm. Oh, oh, we have to hold, hold the phone for a second. Let's that was huge because you said I'm okay where I have to go. Like it's no longer this like lack or you need to get there. It needs to be better in order for you to be complete. You're okay with where you are and where you have yet to go. I will be hundred percent authentic and honest here as we speak in October, 2015. I still have issues sometimes traveling on my own because of the years of post-traumatic stress and panic attacks and blah, blah, blah. I now have an understanding of where I've come from, of what I need to do. And I'm fine. I know that I'm putting stuff together. I'm expanding my possibilities every day. I'm not jumping on a jet plane yet to go and do my round the world book tour. But hey, that's on my vision board. But I no longer feel kind of, if I haven't done that, then I've failed. You know, I feel like, Joe, we're doing awesome things today. The fact that, you know, I went to my kids' school was amazing. Like that made them light up with happiness. It made me like, you know, light up with happiness. I'll come home. Awesome. Like, you know, maybe I'll travel further next week. I know that my system and my energy field needs time to adjust. That, you know, we've had a long journey together up to here with all these stories that still have a DNA cell level impact on how my body functions and they're not going to disappear like that. So whilst I understand my illnesses and and they are real, they are obviously they are physical manifestations of stuff. Whilst I understand them, it doesn't mean they're going to go (laughs) like instantly. Right. But there's also not this like self shaming thing of like, I should be further along. This should be healed by now. I shouldn't be dealing with this anymore. There's not now, but oh my gosh, that story was there for a long time. Yes. And those types of stories, it's like they, uh, they disvalidate us of what we're really experiencing instead of just letting it be part of our journey. It's like, we're not supposed to be feeling this way. This should not be happening in my life. I should be somewhere different than I am. And it's like, 
what are you, what are you really saying to yourself when you're engaging in these stories? What you're really saying is where you are right now and who you are right now isn't okay. It should be better. It should be different. And you know, I'm, I'm just trying to pinpoint the exact moment where I stopped saying that. And I'm not even sure I know. I feel like it's a layering of stuff. Um, partly, I mean, over the last few years, because of all these conditions, the amount of medication that I've been on has been, there was a stage a couple yeah. of years ago where I was on so many because you have that, then you've got to have symptoms that need that. And it like escalates. Yes. I'm now nearly off everything. Nearly. Yeah. It's taken a long time to get here. Um, I, you know, managed to avoid having huge operations by believing that I could change my body because I needed to, to change my energy around it all. And, um, and again, that's a quite a big statement that for people not ready to hear it is not nice. It can be hard. And I honor that. Um, but you know, so I know that all the stuff that's happened to my body that has, you know, has been sort of layered up onto it, all the stuff that I've carried with me. I mean, friends of mine, bless them, actually quite like enlightened ones have said, Joe, do you ever think you're going to be better? Mm. at stages in my journey which really threw me back but the most recent time someone said that I was like I have the inside knowledge that I am already better I'm already fine this is not a kind of I don't want to be the person I was because the person I was who showed up to the world like that might have ticked all the boxes of conventional you know Grazia magazine or whatever what you have in your 20s yeah I had all that but what it didn't tick was the box of authenticity was the mm. one that said, I am showing up into this world as me embracing it all like, and that is fine. And your really strong statement about the enoughness takes care of everything applies to everything applies to finances, to weight, to relationships, to all of it. Because strangely enough, once I realized that I'm enough weight stabilizes, like I know that I'm not, the ideal weight, but I'm super happy in my body and we're taking actions towards constantly fueling it in a good way. I'm enough, so therefore the relationships around me are reflected in the fact that I hang around with people who value my spirit and likewise, that like I'm enough and so I can charge enough and I charge enough and then my clients are happy because I'm showing up to them and providing value. And that pivotal point, which is the beauty of this series that you're doing, Hold the key <laughs> to so much. It really does. I mean, I, I feel like it really encapsulates this place of self-acceptance that we don't have to be perfect in order to be okay. We can still have areas of our lives that are, are messy and maybe they're not how, exactly how we want them to be, but it doesn't define us. It's, it's part of us. And I think when we can live from this place that's more like all-inclusive, more like wholehearted, more imperfect and embracing the messy, it, it gives so much freedom and a possibility for us to be enough right in this very second. Like nothing else has to shift for you to claim your enoughness. It's available to you right now. And it is. That's the thing that I don't understand how long it took me to get to that point. That it, it, but that mind switch will be its own length of time for everybody, I'm sure. But, and there is that light bulb that says, yeah, I could, well, I can claim this now. <laughs> I can claim my enoughness now. And that, but I think the wider impact actually 
it's fearful because the wider impact on actually everything else working out my way, ooh, that's a biggie. Like, what yeah. does what's that going to mean for my life if I can really show up as I really am? Well, you might lose friends. I've lost loads of friends. You might lose, you know, relationships. Thank goodness I've lost some of those. You might. You know, there's all sorts of stuff that you'll probably shed that have, might have been your safety net. Um, and if that goes, you know, hey, what happens? Well, you know. So jump into the space and see. <laughs> I think like one of the scariest things is, is I think one, like what if we've always been enough and we've just yeah. never noticed it, never known it, never acknowledged it. But secondly, if we become enough, does that mean that we have to give away our story of struggle and pain and victimhood? Ooh. <laughs> Well, the first point, I was having that same thought actually recently. I was like, oh gosh, like I've always been enough. And this big chunk of time when I lost sight of that and I started to go down the hill of, you wasted your 20s not realizing you were enough, or like, all of that. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, let's just stop that. You know, you're enough right now. Like age doesn't have anything on it. Like my life is enough as it is. Um, and I had a really quite a weird moment actually recently where because I'd kind of, you know, before my recent upper limit problem, but I'd kind of reached that stage of like, oh my God, it really, really is enough from that realization. I actually kind of thought, and this, this, it might sound really dark, but it's kind of like if my life was to exit now stage left, fine. I've kind of, I've understood. I, I mean, oh my God, I hope that's not the case, but it's like, okay, I think I get it. I get that I'm in control of everything. That I, my thoughts become things that what I put out to the world comes back to me, that I'm here and that I can be myself and that has a major impact. Oh my God, I get it. And it's like that connection, that reconnection, because we've always been connected to us and the greater world. It's like, Oh, and we forget, we forget as we grow up. Children know it, my kids know it without being able to articulate it. I watch them at play, I watch them with us and with their friends. They know they're enough, they not know. And it's gonna be interesting to see actually when their stories start to rock up. I mean, I'm gonna be on that like a hawk, but to see when that I mean, school, it's maybe starting to happen now. You'll kind of hear different conversations questioning yeah. their identity, their role in play. And it's like, right, okay, they're working it out. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as women, as women with children, to stand in your enoughness and to be able to teach your children, that is a legacy. Oh, wow, yeah. Like, if, if our teachers at school had set every day and said, you're enough, you're enough, you can go home now. Like, you know, obviously do your homework and do your maths, but you are enough and you are loved and you're amazing. What different people would we be providing to the world? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that we would have people who feel more complete and more whole and more confident and just more authentic in who they are, that they don't have to be anyone else. They don't have to change who they are in order to be worthy. And I think that's, you know, a big thing that happens along our lives is that the pressures of the world make us question if we're good enough as we are. And we start to shift ourselves and change our, our goals for ourselves in order to fit into this mold. And I'm so thankful that so many people are learning to break that mold 
and learning to define things on their own terms and really say, I'm enough just as I am without having to change a damn thing. And I'm proud of that. And you know, you were saying about goals, Megan, and I was thinking like in my old story state, I could have reeled off my goals to you in, you know, it was travel here, buy this house, do that, you know, all this list of stuff. If you said to me, Joe, what's your next five, 10 year goal? Yeah, I have to have some cool things that I'd like to do. But really, it's expanding more into the space of my enoughness, of knowing, of seeing where I can navigate the ship now that I've got you know, sort yes. of control of it. And I'm like, okay, so we can do stuff. And for me, self-growth and self-development is an expansion project. It's like, and this is where the upper limit problems that. come, right? Expansion. No, I love that. And I, I think, feel- you know, you bring up a really good point because I think a lot of us, we find a lot of value and almost over identification with who we want to become in the future versus who we already are. And I also think that we can really kind of get off a little bit on our ambitions. Like they, they make us feel more important because look at all this, these big dreams I have and this ambition I have. But I think the enoughness piece, it shifts all of that. It's, Mm. it's not that we stop wanting external things. It's just, they're not the main focus anymore. It's so much more of like your personal journey and you expanding even more fully into yourself. Like that's the big indicator of Mm. just a whole life, you know? It is. It really is. And, you know, I was thinking then about, you know, the goals and, you know, maybe a year or two ago when I was sort of building the business more I would have said right my goal is to earn x amount a month I mean it's way surpassed that now but I don't even think about that if which sounds really blasé and actually you know I can't really believe it myself that I don't think about it every month but obviously I have you know sort of driven ideas and I want to expand further and to play with this over here and to put out that thing and see whether it works but I no longer sit there and go, well, I can't earn that. Like, you know, I'll go, cool, well, let's let's expand a little bit more and see where it feels good and see how I can shop more in the world and give people what they need from me and ask for money as an energy exchange for that in a way that feels really good. And then everyone's really happy and you go, cool, I've done that bit. I'll tell you what, let's just do that a bit more. <laughs> or let's just kind of, you know see how I can offer what I bring to the world in a slightly different package and, and, and oh that's worked as well right and then I thought you know you almost reached a stage where I was like oh my gosh I get how this works now I'm just expanding what I believe is possible incrementally owning that space hitting upper limits occasionally and I'm working through them and then going right okay let's do it again and again and again and I can see that this that the enough this piece is not an instant like oh I'm fine now for my whole life Oh, no. <laughs> we, we circle back and we circle back and we circle back. And that's normal because as we continue to expand, especially into our creative selves, which I think that you highlight so beautifully in your own story, is that, you know, you're focused on really standing in your creativity and your gifts and your talents and letting those expand and take you where they're destined to. But I also think that, you know, as we continue to expand outside of our comfort zones, The self-doubt is going to creep up because that's what humans do. We're like, can I do this? Like there's going to be that little moment, but then the enoughness piece is of course you can. 
And um, what I find as my journey continues is that every time one of those upper limits or that inner voice shows up, and in fact, as a, as a kind of illustrated piece, this happened today. My team, you know, you know it's less than managing an entrepreneur who's, who's like hyper creative entrepreneur. We're like, right, Joe, we've got a rain in this, 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 and this. My gut reaction was, I want to cry. And I just said, hang on a minute, guys. I just need a minute. I said, what's up? And I was like, I've just read what you've said and I've taken it personally. I can see that I've taken it personally. I've just got to breathe through it, read it again and realize what you've said. Happened in 30 seconds. Yeah. Whereas a while ago, I'd have been like, they think this about me. I And built upon my nice story that I developed. And I was like, no, all they're saying is we can improve this piece of your work, Joe. Yeah. They weren't saying you know, you're terrible, we hate working with you. Who, you know, who on earth do you think you are? And I've noticed how like a remnant of my old story was there, like a gremlin, like, oh, they really think this. I, I resonate, you know, I, I had that feeling in my gut. I felt the tears and I was like, ask yourself why this is happening, which is part of the enough piece. You're in tune with your own voice. That is like, well, something's not right. I don't feel right. Is it valid to feel like that? Let's just read through it again. It's not valid. It's cool. Let's move on. Yes. And, it's like a smoother process and even with the ULP recently which lasted like 10 days or so you know they you know these things used to last for months yeah <laughs> and you know but again I think it's important to be surrounded by people who understand what the hell you're talking about when you you know when you suddenly go I've got a ULP <laughs> and you're like a friend's are like really like what you just got <laughs> illness and um but it's important to have people who understand what's happening in your story and in your energy fields and in your in your development at that stage in time yes um, and that's part of being enough is recognizing who you need around you yeah absolutely so if you were to drop you know your most wise nuggets Ooh, to people who are really struggling right now they're they're struggling on feeling like they're enough as they are they keep on chasing all of these things they think they're supposed to in order to make them successful or happy. They fear slowing down because they're going to miss out on something. They're not going to get there wherever there is. What words of advice or encouragement would you offer them? The image that just popped into my mind was to get off the merry-go-round. Like you're going faster and faster and faster. And actually, if you just step off, you can notice the meadow, you can notice the grass, you can smell like, you know, the seasons, you can be in that moment. If you're speeding up, you're not really living, you're not experiencing. Mm. And my wish for anyone who feels like I did, and I can know that you have, and like I know that many other, you know, wonderful, beautiful women out there are feeling, is to get off the merry-go-round, is to switch off the stories and just to reconnect with that part of you that already knows that you're enough. Because mm. I feel like that part is always there with us. We can numb it. We can put weight over it. We can drink through it. We can sabotage it. We can ignore it. Um, but it's there. It hangs out with us all the time. And yeah. my wish is that other amazing women would just realize that and then start living because living is not a list of shoulds and woulds and coulds. Living is experiencing your life, enjoying the journey of it, enjoying being in control of your ship and learning your limits and moving past them and experiencing a different level of happiness that's not handed to us by 
your stories and by the media's stories and by legacy and family and all of that. And it takes courage to move through it. But, you know, as you've shown, Megan, through your series and through, you know, your work, you know, there's women doing it and we're continuing mm-hmm. to learn and it's a movement. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. this movement. So I'd wish for everyone just to realize it's already there and to own your enoughness. And I think that's like the most beautiful piece is that we, we think we have to go find it, <laughs> but it, it already exists in us. And, you know, in my case, I blocked it with illness. I blocked it with sabotaging behavior. All oh, that's all the, all the cool stuff that everyone does. And, um, you know, but luckily I woke up nearly 30 and started to refind it. Some people it's later, some people it's earlier, like no judgment, wherever you are, um, you can refind it. And, and that age thing I think is important because there was a while where I set rules on each age of what I was going to have achieved. And I'm sure that will resonate with many women. And I, like I'm nearly 40 now and age doesn't really, like it doesn't, I'm like, okay, that's you know, whatever it's number. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> I don't feel like I've lost anything from sabotaging for so long. I don't feel like all I know is that I've gained and that mm. I wake up every day with a new slate and it's like, cool, what can we do today? That's going to be awesome. And miracles show up all the time because you're expecting them when you welcome them. And that's a way better place to be. <laughs> oh Yeah. I totally agree. Joe. thank you so much for sharing thank your you. time and just the space with me. I appreciate it. Darling, thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful work you're doing. Thank, thank you. you so much. And everyone, thank you so much again for tuning in to another series or another interview in the series. We will see you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Enoughness Revolution. If today's episode rocked your world or added value to your life, I'd love for you to let us know by leaving a quick review on iTunes. The Enoughness Revolution is a global conversation for owning who we are as women and owning who we are as leaders. If you're ready to break free from the destructive stories of not enough and step boldly into your own leadership, visit me at megan-hale.com for one-on-one coaching, group programs, and courses all designed to empower you to lead. Until next time, you're beautiful, you're powerful, you're capable of achieving everything you desire. Claim your enoughness, sister, and unleash the fierce feminine leader within.